we had like a secret handshake, but I never knew it. But I just tried to make sure I was standing so I could see the person in front of me do it. You never knew the secret hand all those years. You never learned it. No, I couldn't keep it in my head. Is that long? No, but you know, like once you get something wrong and you debate which one it is, it's really hard to get that out of your head. Like racism. Like racism. Exactly. See how I brought that? You did such a I good job. I brought John. that to <laughs> what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, you're bringing your A game, and it has been a shit week, man. This is where the party ends. I can't stand here listening to you and your racist friend. I know politics for you, but I feel like a hypocrite talking to you and your racist friend. Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKeese, and I'm here with Don Griffin. And yeah. I think it's kind of interesting, don't you think, that there are people that listen to us outside of Bloomington, and because of all this stuff that's been happening, it's uh, really relevant right now. We were in the New York Times, again. I, didn't a story on the farmer's market make it that far at one point? Yes, it did. Uh-huh. And then the Vox Booker incident, and then we have the person getting ran over by a car. Oh my gosh, and you were talking about trying to talk to black people about whether or not to live here. There, no one's even going oh, to have God. a conversation with you now. I'm so proud of my, my little community that they were trying to, these folks, they were trying to decide whether or not they were going to go to Indianapolis or Bloomington, and they had picked Indianapolis. So during all this time, I'd been sending them articles about Bloomington, like, look how cool we are. Look, look at this. Look at that. <laughs> look at how much. And then I'd be sending them bad things about Indianapolis, like, you know, things that yeah. were happening in Carmel and Indianapolis. And I, I was very smug. I was smug, just like everyone else in Indiana. I mean, in Bloomington, thinking all that shit is happening at other places. But here in Bloomington, look how we look how we're doing. We got it going on. Mm-hmm. Only we got the wrong thing going on. I mean, it's not just Bloomington. Someone else was like, Bloomington's not, you know, I hate these people because they're trying to paint Bloomington as a racist community. Now I said, it is. I said, it's, it's, it's an extremely racist community. It just so happens to be less racist than everything else around it. It's an Indiana thing. The people that have so far caused all this, I mean, we, we have racism within our community. Don't get us wrong, but... The guys that, that did this to Vox, they were from somewhere else, 317 area code. The lady who ran over someone is from somewhere else as well. But Amy, should we talk about, what? should we tell folks what happened? Stuff that's been happening in Bloomington. So we had a black man that was out by the lake, like especially with COVID, going out to the lake is like one of the things you can do. It's the weekend of the fourth, right? Yeah. So we're talking about the weekend of the 4th, and Lake Monroe is probably one of the premier lakes in Indiana. It's, I think it's the largest man-made lake and one of the it largest is. lakes, period, in yeah. Indiana. And so people come from all over. It's our little Ozark, Lake Ozark, I guess, <laughs> if you really think. People come from all over the state to come out to our lake. And it's, what is it, about 20 minutes outside of Bloomington, south of Bloomington? Yeah, to me, it feels like you can drive out any, any edge of Bloomington and still wind up at the lake in 20 minutes. But. You can, yeah. <laughs> so that's what we got going on. There's a lot of people, a lot of activity down by the lake. And, you know, and for the most part, I think everyone feels sad. I mean, my son, he sails. He goes out and sails uh, on the, on, around the area that this happened. He's on that side of the lake. But go ahead. He feels weird telling someone else's story. Um, But he was, you know, walking to the place where they had permission to to set out and watch 
it was um, a lunar eclipse. It was some kind of oh, lunar thing of some sort. There were a bunch of white people that were yelling at them about crossing on their property. And I'm, I'm afraid of getting things wrong, but he was attacked. And they were yelling things like, bring a noose. It was like, it, it, got on, it was on video. It's like something out of deliverance. Yeah, it was That's awful. the only thing I can think of. It's something that you just, it was shocking. Um, because he's out in the middle of the woods. Him and his other friends were out in the woods, and I guess they crossed over into this property. And it's a property that a lot of people trespass on. It's like the, the Zoom flume or whatever it's called. People mm -hmm. go out there to take pictures with their kids. It's an old uh, abandoned uh, water slide, uh, the kind that is built into the hill. It's poured mm -hmm. cement, and it's built into the hill, and then it I think it ends in the lake, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, it ends up, you know, so, but it's been abandoned for probably at least 30 years. So it's one of the, if, if you're one of those people that look for abandoned sites, mm -hmm. uh, this, is, this is one of the ones that they say, you know, abandoned Indiana, go check this out, you know? Yeah. So it's not like they were doing anything different than anyone else, even if they were there to visit the Zoom flu. But yeah. I guess he said they, they were crossing over to get to something else. But he, honestly, the details, like, that's the problem, is that I'm watching how people respond to this online, and they want to get into the weeds about what was he doing, and mm -hmm. this guy's a bad, you know, or, or they, they have an idea of, what they think he is and if they don't agree with this or they don't agree with that about him and did he start this and did he you know did he want to get attacked and all this other stuff and it's like you are missing the picture you you yeah. saw this they want to know we want to see what happened why did it why did it go to this point like they're trying to kill him are you fucking, excuse my i'm sorry kevin are you, I'm just, I'm yeah. actually a lot calmer than how I want. I mean, I really just would like to scream, you know, mm -hmm. um, because we've heard about lynchings and then people will say, well, it wasn't a lynching. I didn't see a rope. Cause they didn't have one. They didn't have one, but they were looking for one. Yeah. That's my <laughs> point. Like if only the, by. The, mm. And you hear the other people, the people that he's, you, you hear the, the, the guy saying, Lee, we want you guys to leave and he stays here. Uh, and did you, if you ever saw the long version of this, mm -mm. so there's a fourth, there's a fourth video where it's like you watch them chasing these guys in the woods. They're trying to get off the property or what looks like they're trying to get off the property to get oh back God. onto, and then I, and they make it over and they're like, hey, we're off the property now. Why are you still following us? Yeah. Like, why, why are you still here? Um, we've heard about lynchings, but I don't think, I've never actually seen someone, that's the closest I've actually ever seen to, to, no, it's not the, So I think why this bugs me so much is that a similar thing happened to me. And I don't know if we've talked about that. I don't know. I can't pull up a story in my head, so. I think I was eight. And I was playing on the basketball court by myself. This is at Park Square Apartments. And in uh, a group of guys, they count they're older. They're, they're older than me. They're, they're in their teens, I think. And they are playing on the other half of the basketball court. And they decide that they would like to play a full court game. And they want me to leave. And I'm like, guys, I was here first. I'm just <laughs> dribbling. I'm just playing at this end. You're playing at that end. Can you, you know, like, let, just let me keep shooting. And, you know, and then more guys, I guess, came. And so now they're getting angry at me because I won't move at all. 
And so they, they make a good, they make a deal with me like, Hey, um, why don't you, why don't you, you can play with us. Why don't you, you can play with us. We'll pick teams. And how, how does that sound? I'm like, uh, okay. I mean, I'm eight or nine. I don't remember. So they end up not picking me. So of course I'm kind of pissed and I'm like, okay, well, while you're on that other end, I'm just going to be shooting my ball on this, you know, like you move there, you're on the other end. I'm going to be shooting my, they didn't like that idea. <laughs> and so then they started talking to me about how I think I'm so great because I'm, my dad is a police officer and they, you know, that's when the whole black piglet thing came out and, you know, and nigger cop and all this other stuff. And they started pushing me around and I would fight back. But of course they're much bigger than me. In fact, one played IU football later on. He was a linebacker for IU football. Oh Lord. Yeah. So he's a big guy who played for South too. So they get me in this circle and I'm in the middle of the circle and they're like, okay, this is my little brother. And every time I, he's going to punch you and every time you hit him back, we're all going to hit you. And so, of course, I'm going to hit back. I mean, I'm getting, he's hitting me. I'm hitting him, so I'm hitting him back. And, uh, and they get me on the ground. Somehow, someone ends up on my neck. Like, they're, he's riding my fucking neck. You know, I end up getting a fractured uh, collarbone. And I had to wear a... Uh, what do you call one of those those foam things around my yeah. neck? Like this is a this is a big playground. Like it's in the middle of this neighborhood. This this if anybody's ever been to Park Square and I think it's called Orchard Glen now, it's the big playground right there in the middle. And and there's plenty of uh, there there's dozens of houses where they're that that overlook their windows overlook their back windows overlook this this park. And so they, they terrorized me for God knows how long. There was a, a, like 12 of them. And so this particular thing has made me, it, it's brought that, those images back into my head, you know? I, I remember, the last thing I remember is that my dad in his police uniform took me to each of those different boys' houses and uh, prayed with us, I think. Yeah. And we had to shake hands. I, I really, I didn't want to pray with them. You know what I mean? I wanted to have vengeance. I mean, especially yeah. if your dad's a police officer, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I got off the subject. I'm sorry. We were talking about something else. This is what we're talking about, I didn't, Don. You had shared that, but you, it was a- I did share that? It was extremely watered down, the, the one that you shared before. Like it wasn't, or else maybe I locked it. But it, probably I was, it probably was watered down because I, that's what you do. With trauma, you, you, to go on, for me to go on, I have to put stuff like that in the back of my mind. So it's like, oh yeah, it happened, but I, I didn't, you know, for the most part, I didn't relive it until it got triggered by this. Yeah. You know? So I, well, I guess I'm saying I kind of, I, I, I know what that fear is like. I know what it means to be, you know, and, and, and like him, there was no one that came to my aid. Mm. They had cameras on and they were telling people to stop. And I mean, I guess he had that, but. He had, you know, and he's, he has said that the, you know, that if, if people had not tried to step in, it would have been much worse. Oh, he would, they would have killed him. I clearly think that they would kill him. And, and here's the difference between what, you know, first of all, these were kids pretty much when it was happening to me. These were adults. That's the difference with what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. The difference is, is that when these people act out like they do when they say the things that they do and they point guns towards the press and they uh say things to to black lives matter protesters and they show up with guns and everything 
This time they think that they're right. I think before they were wrong and they had these feelings that they were wrong, but now they have our idiot in chief basically saying to them that they're right. The mm -hmm. things that these guys mm -hmm. were saying to, to Vox and his friends, they're calling them libertards mm -hmm. and get out of my country. And they said it with such conviction, like, like the, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Racism has now become patriotism. That's yeah. what has happened. Racism has been repackaged as patriotism. And these folks really think that they are patriots. Yeah. And that's, I don't want to curse anymore, but that is scary. They're going to kill a man because, and they thought it was right. And, uh, and the thing is, other people, I mean, even people that have seen this, they're still mm -hmm. in their camp of, of, well, I wonder what he did. I want to hear the whole story. Like, what? Well, and, <laughs> you know, if you're someone who can be somehow entrapped or tricked into attempting to lynch someone, then, like, it doesn't matter what he did beforehand. Because because it doesn't it doesn't i'm seeing people say things like well but the protesters were in the street that's what happens when you're in the street you get run over and i'm there's it, it's not legal to run over people in it's the not street. like it's, and, and go around the barricade to do yeah. it yeah yeah it's not tell the story so in response to attempted lynching they had people were outraged um, because of the DNR's response, which was crappy. They, in, in, you can hear the call from the DNR where they're referring to it as a fight. And that's Department of Natural Resources. This is their police branch, right? Yes. DNR. Yes. An another thing that happened in this last uh, week or so was that uh, there was a black man pulled over in Owen County near a state park yes. and there were like six police cars in response and a woman stopped uh, and recorded it uh, her she said that people were like screaming at her and that in fact then someone that worked at the dnr was telling her that it wasn't like that she wasn't allowed to know who, who the supervisor was <laughs> like that that was it just was nuts and that i think that woman was almost immediately fired but i think she actually said she said stop taping this is owen county like <laughs> it's not this isn't your you leave it alone this isn't Bloomington. this is owen county we do yeah. things like and they had him in handcuffs mm. they had him out of the car on his hood in handcuffs seven police officers and, de and department of natural resources or natural resources and she stayed there the whole time mm -hmm. while this was going on. They ended up giving him a ticket. That's how black people get treated. That's the difference. Yeah. He ended up getting a, either a ticket or a misdemeanor for something. But it, it was something that he, imagine, if you will, that you get handcuffs put on you before actually going to jail. That's how it works. That's, that's a lot of times how our traffic stops work. Yeah. yeah, gonna, yeah. They're, 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 we're such a threat. A black man is such a threat that we're, they're going to they're gonna put him in hand. And, and, you know, that's the funny thing. Cops are scared of black guys. It's, yeah, they it's do real. shake. They do shake. They think that they've got the gun, they've got everything, and they are, I mean, it's, it's been shown that there's a different, they, they have a different heart rate when a black man is in a car. Mm. It's preconceived yeah. ideas that are not real. Really, we, we built this system to uh, originally to round up harness, black people. To yep. round up black people. And, and we've done a, a great job of perpetuating that. Like it is still, I, I think it's in the DNA of our law and order ideas is that people of color require more law and order. And Owen um, County, well, the place we're talking about is 20 minutes from Bloomington? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it's, it was right in front of the park, right in front of McCormick's Creek is where he was stopped. Yeah. And then we had the other incident. This is all in our community. All the, all, these, mm-hmm. are, these are little, Bloomington's the hub and everything that we're talking about is around. It's, it's a, a spoke of Bloomington. So, but mm-hmm. this other yeah. one, uh, D. Davis, well-known basketball player, uh, played state, did very well. I think he went to Xavier afterwards, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. He played for Xavier. I mean, and I think he, he did pro, he did some pro ball, like uh, maybe it was Europe or something, but kind of a Bloomington legend if <laughs> Bloomington South celebrated its African-American uh, basketball players, which they usually don't. I know. You know, when you talk about winning percentages and all that, this kid was, is the, was a real deal. So I guess he's home visiting. I think he was, wa- he was either walking or he was done with a run in his own neighborhood or his parents' neighborhood. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a, and he puts it on, it's on tape, so a unmarked police car has pulled up in front of him and the guy gets out in flip-flops and shorts, no less, and mm. says, uh, hi, I'm, a sh- I'm the, sh-, you know, because he has his lights on too, his uh, red and blue lights. And he says, uh, hey, I'm a, I'm a, a sheriff in, in Lawrence County, and we got a call about, I got a call about you down the street uh, saying that you might be looking into cars in the neighborhood. <sighs> he says, can I have your ID? First of all, he's, a, he's out of jurisdiction. He, I guess the guy lives in the neighborhood, but he's in Lawrence County, not Monroe County. He, mm-hmm. he detains the guy until, and, and keeps his ID until he can round up another sheriff that's actually within the county, a Monroe County sheriff. But the guy wasn't doing anything wrong except walking in his own neighborhood. And this guy pulls him over, asks him for his ID. What if he didn't have his ID? Yeah. And even his dad came out and said, hey, this is my son. I live four doors down. What the hell? No, no, no. We're going to have to wait for the other. We've got to check this out. What? Fuck the police. Yeah. I'm so pissed. I'm tired of being nice. I'm just like, I, 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 I'm, I'm bombarded with more shit against my people every day. Mm-hmm. It's constant. It's constant, right? Mm-hmm. You see it, right? I see it. I see it. It's like, it's just an attack on, it's, it's overwhelming, man. It's overwhelming. And I'm sorry if I'm talking, but that, okay. that one, I... that one really got me because it was a police officer that had no business even being here. Yeah. It's a detective. Detectives don't pull people over. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, it's awful. What was the other thing, Amy? We had some other stuff happen. I know we did. Oh, the guys on the lake. Another lake thing. What other lake um, thing? Oh, I got this one too, if you don't remember. Yeah, I don't I didn't completely understand. I assumed oh. it was racial profiling and it was bad, but I Okay. Didn't, like, so so another this is I love it when people tell on themselves. So this one, it starts off with you can hear these ladies. And you can on, on their boat, and you can see they've got a Trump 2020 flag up. And there, and all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh, here we go. Something must have happened before. I don't know." So they're saying something to these guys, but you can't see what they're saying to the guys. So mm-hmm. the guy, the, the, the a party boat comes by. It's a two-decker boat. Uh, looks like a two-decker huge pontoon. And there's a bunch of, it's, it's, there's white and black people on it, but there's a bunch of black guys on the, on the top. They end up being football players, basketball players for IU. And they're there for a, a party. It's one of their girlfriend's party. Mm-hmm. They rented out the boat. They're saying things to the people on the, on the boat, like saying, calling them trash and all this other stuff. And the, so the women, they kind of bicker back and forth and, at the end, you hear the other one says, 
Black Lives Matter my ass. So what happens is she puts this out to all of Bloomington to say, hey, these are, identify these guys. These are IU football and basketball players. And then you hear such hate like, well, you know, well, we'll make sure they lose their thing and blah, blah, blah. So there's this big thing. No one's even paying attention to her saying, or, or wondering what the hell she said to these guys. Yeah. So the women actually call the DNR on these guys for verbally assaulting them or whatever. Give, give me a freaking break. So they're on the shore. The DNR is talking to them. And this other guy comes up. This white guy says, hey, we were on the boat right behind them and we were saying the same shit to these people. So I don't know why, I don't know why she's making a big deal. And they said they, she started it. These guys started it. And you know, no, it, this, this is ridiculous. You guys are only doing this because they're black, right? He's telling the DNR this. So as he's, I guess they've, they've put, one of his friends has pulled him off and they're almost to their car. The DNR is like, oh, well, you know what? I'm, we're just going to arrest you. What? Yes. They arrest the white guy that was sticking up for the black football players. They arrest the white guy. And I think they said he was either resisting arrest. I love it when you tell them, no, wait a minute, what's going on? Don't arrest me. What's going on? That's, is it. That's sure, resisting arrest resisting right arrest. there. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I mean, every time he was resisting arrest, like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you know, the DNR, they, they're on that lake all the time. The same guys are on the lake all the time. And there's so much going on down there. It's ridiculous. And to, to uh, try to scold these guys or get them in trouble for, that yeah. kind of interaction when everybody is drunk out there and doing all kinds it's, of stuff. Yeah. It's the entitlement yes. that, that goes along with that. My opinions can't be challenged. My uh, way of being is the right way of being. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and if you make me uncomfortable about it, or if you interrupt it in some way, then I should be able to call someone that will take you away. And put you in your place. Yeah. And put you in your place. Yeah. You know, when I first saw the, the Vox, what happened to Vox on the um, Facebook, and I, I've been wrestling with how to, be, how to be a good friend in this. Because the sort of movie star narrative in my head is that, you know, we could just go out and uh, grab all the racists and hurt them get them gone and what's that look like though what, well, what defines a racist that's I, the problem yeah so so there's that like immediate physical urge to keep to keep you safe and what has hit me again and again is these big things that happen and these are big things and they're scary things and it's like we're getting a really close look, but it's still everywhere. When people go, oh, well, that's bad. I would never attack someone physically. So, so I'm not racist. They're racist. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, that's I, when you start hearing the, these rednecks and you're hearing mm -hmm. that from white people and it, it, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's not institutional racism. Yes. So, so like one, one thing that I, that I would like to see happen is for people to connect the dots between the, the systemic racism and these overt acts of terrorism. Yes. Maybe that's it. You, you, you hit it on the, the, the nail on the head. There is racism, but then there is also terrorism, which takes it another step. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's racism in the DNA, in all of the, the DNA of what the United States really, well, what the world is right now. But then things like this, that's, that's not just racist. That's, 
beyond racism. That's terrorism. Yeah. Yes. And because they all have that, the same ingredients that lead to a lynching in them, they are, they've got violence in them too. The assumptions that we make, you know, I'm thinking of like the angry black woman that, you know, and, and you were just talking about how um, when you said, I'm sick of being nice. And I thought that black people aren't just walking around Bloomington screaming right now or locked away somewhere and never coming out is amazing because these things happening are extreme. Our society is still going to put like these limits on how you can react to it. You know, that you should react in a nice way, that you should uh, not take it out on people who aren't racists. And I, I'm having trouble. No, it's fine. I, I get I Getting it. I but... get it. I get it. I mean, I, those are things that someone may want to do. You may want to set your lawn uh, on fire or whatever, or, you know, I can't. I, and the thing is, I'm not, I'm not going to tell someone when they're doing it, I'm not going to tell them that they're wrong because I don't know if they are wrong. I when don't know when what, they're doing what they it's like a it, you know when, when they're acting out they've already been nice and yeah done everything and they it's not just about them it's about something that came even before them it's something so large that you can't you know how people say how can you destroy your own community mm-hmm. how can you do that mm-hmm. and it's because you there's just such hopelessness and I want to go back to the beginning of when we started this. You want to talk about mm-hmm. like how do they feel? Okay, kind of how how do how do African American people feel when there's such lack of people listening and wanting to change things? You've got a lot of so-called progressive people all attacking each other. We've seen that mm-hmm. for the last three plus years, and they've attacked each other and said, oh, you're not this, or you're not that, you're not, you're not, you know, we've had that with the, with whether it was the bear cat, whether it was the farmer's market, whether the, all kinds of stuff where people that normally would be on the same side have gone ahead and splintered. Yeah. And in a way, people are not being listened to in this, or they feel they're not being listened to in this community. And, And my God, I mean, you're seeing more graffiti up. You're seeing on new buildings, on things, on, on beautiful sections of town, you're seeing mm-hmm. things like this happen. And whether it's uh, protesting because the homeless are not being taken care of or uh, trans lives uh, that matter that have been ignored or you, you, you follow me? Like, yeah, we're doing this, cut out the black or whatever, just say, look at what has happened to our community. We are eating each other or we mm-hmm. have been eating each other because of what's going on nationally, something that we cannot control. So what can we control? We can control what's here. I I think that that's a layer. You know, I think the national stuff is definitely a layer that's impacting us all the time. You know, like we are in, in many ways under attack from our own country. And I think that the hopeful piece of that is that we could make change here. But where, where I thought, you were going with it. Oh, help me. Cause I think I, <laughs> I didn't go to where I wanted to go, but I just lost it. When you, when you started, I thought that you were getting ready to, um, cause you were talking about how, how, when we started having these conversations that we were talking about the farmer's market and, and working out how to, uh, how to react when we have avowed white supremacists at the farmer's market making money we've been talking about trying to avoid exactly what has transpired mm-hmm. yeah we kept talking about the farmer's market as like it's just the beginning mm-hmm. and we're going in our biggest fear that we've talked about is that there's going to be a cultural war it has happened we are in it we are at the beginning of it and it's this is what has scared me that it's not going to end without bloodshed. We've been complaining about 
armed people at the farmer's market oh, forever, yeah. right? Yeah. And these assholes have been, excuse my language. No, 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 they have. Do they've not excuse saying, my language. Yeah. But, you know, they were, <laughs> right? They were, they've been saying, yeah. hey, uh, it's Second Amendment rights, you know, mm -hmm. it's the Second Amendment, blah, 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 Second Amendment. So what has happened now? The people protesting, they brought in their own armed guards yesterday or the day before yesterday. This is after, after the lady got, the, the people got ran over. Yeah. The next protest, armed folks, armed, uh, I don't know if you want to call them militia because they're not militia. They're supposedly left-leaning guys. They came and provided security, armed security for the protest march. And now Bloomington is up in arms. Monroe County is up in arms. How dare they? Why, <laughs> I can't believe. Is isn't this isn't this illegal? Because I oh think my that, gosh, we did yes. that last week. We were talking about Mooresville. Exactly. No one mentioned Mooresville. The same people are not mentioning Mooresville because that, that that's right leaning. That's, that's against the protest. The people in Mooresville were against the protest. Now the protesters have decided to get their own armed folks. There's a, a powerful, uh, I kind of got goosebumps, I'm sorry, but uh, down in Atlanta, a black militia yeah. uh, marched into Stone Mountain last really? week. Yes, th they were 200 to 300 strong all in black with uh -huh. guns. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is a cultural war. And so far it's been a cultural war of the minds, but it's getting ready to actually be a real thing, I think. And I don't know what to do about that. I don't either. Knowing that there's a better way means that you have to fight to get to that better way. And I, that scares me to death. Oh, that's really pretty beautiful what you just said, though. Knowing that there's a better way means you have to fight to get Yeah, to you make way. it pretty for me. You, you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about a cultural war. I don't know how to react to that. I don't, because I that that also feels so out of my control yeah. um you know i think it's really important when we have these conversations and we have this outrage that we connect those dots to um systemic racism you know that we help understand that that creating systems where black voices are silenced because they're not doing it how we say and i and i feel like that part of that whole manners thing, and I, I might be going into one of my like verbal hell holes here, but um, I think when white people do like the manners, do you know what I'm talking about? Like the, you have to be nice about how you ask. And if the Black Lives Matter people would just be, uh, would not block traffic when they protest, then, then maybe I would listen to what they're saying. The stepmom and Cinderella is what we're doing. When, when the stepdaughters are like, you said she could go to the ball. And she says, I did not. I said, if, we'll listen, if, if, if you say it politely, we'll listen, if you stay off of the road, we'll listen, if you don't get armed, because we're the ones that carry guns, and we'll listen, if you don't get uppity. Like all, all of these things that are, um, and, and really, I, at this point in history, white people need to just sit down and listen, full stop, no, no anything, no ifs at all. Just listen, said the white lady after talking a whole lot. No, <laughs> no, it's, I think I, I hear you. And I have to, I have to be more tolerant of that kind of protest myself because I have learned how to do the right things to be successful you have. in this model. Mm -hmm. Even though it's wrong, 
or it's not how I would normally do it, it's not the wrong way to do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, it's, oh, it does. It's not the, you know, me, I'm like, oh, well, I'll be, you know, NAACP, we'll get laws passed and blah, blah, blah. And yes, but African-Americans also need to, you know, the ones that have done well in the system, we got to be careful in not wanting the system to change because we're successful in it. Oh, that's so hard. It's extremely hard. And I'm not sure I can do it, but I can support. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what I should, I don't know. You know, I don't know. We've talked in the past about the importance of lots of different angles coming at it. Yeah, I, I need to, but I also need to make sure that that's also not an excuse. Right. For yeah. me not to dive in. Right. Yeah. You have to make, you got to make sure, you know, that it's not just me saying, you know, well, I'm going to take it from this angle because I'm good at this angle. Right. And, and you guys go take that one. And you guys go take that looks hard. I don't want to do that. <laughs> that looks hard. That's that, that, that looks hard. That can hurt my business. I don't really want to do that. And I'm always thinking, you know, Hey, it, it, there needs to be people that are this side of that so that I make money. I can donate to the causes that I believe in, or I can get you in contact with the right person that you know, that what, mm -hmm. whatever you need, maybe I've got that connection that can link you. Mm -hmm. Right. Which yeah. I guess is okay. That isn't, that is something, but you know, it is also a safe way. It's a, it's a safe way for me to still be successful in the system, but hope that the system changes. Right. That could be looked at that I'm on the fence. I'm not, necessarily proud of myself about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I don't know what. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. For me, it's easier to see the spots like where I have room to do some work, like where, where I am put into contact with a situation that I could push harder on to like scrub institutional racism like out of this little spot. Mm-hmm. And not that not that I'm successful or that I can do that, but but I'm I'm noticing more and more. You know, I've been listening to uh, the, I'm listening to White Rage, uh, wow, and uh, for one thing, it's definitely shaken up a, a lot of my ideas about history. A lot of the stuff that you know we just assume is true because that's what we learned in school. Mm -hmm. But another thing that, ha that, you know, the thing that I've been thinking about a lot this week are like white woman's tears and how they've been weaponized over the years. And also that the things that are happening and that have happened throughout history are awful. And it's a, a human response to feel despair when you learn about them. I was on a walk and in the white rage, um, she was describing different lynchings and there was a rather uh, graphic one and I you know and... <laughs> that's exactly Cooper what happened Cooper <laughs> but I you know cried it was awful and I like that yeah. was the reaction that I had and I was I was trying to trying to like think about when I feel that big emotion what can I do that is actually it can result in it not being just another thing that I keep crying every time I hear something sad is happening about black people. And, and I think there's a piece of, of the work that we have to do is a lot of us, uh, you know, like white people are proud that I either we're proud that like our ancestors didn't own slaves, so they were okay. Or that we escaped from that way of thinking and we're different so we're better and i think that one of the first steps we have to do is to really understand that 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 violence and that racism is a part of who we are that's part of the soup that we come from 
and until we see that and can really look at it, I don't think we can make a make authentic change. The way that I would like to use my emotional reactions to this is to avoid my normal reactions to uncomfortable situations, which is either to make everybody feel okay and happy in it or to, uh, to run away, to say, well, I can't do this. This is too much. But to stay in it and, oh, God, this sucks. I want to be like, I want to have something really concrete done that I can do and then I can give it to you and I can be like, look, it's, it's done. I have something, I have something effective to do and now you're safe and your kid mm -hmm. is safe and not just safe, but thriving and celebrated and I'm babbling on and on about like my no, it, it's, tears it, and shit. No, it's fine. But it's but, not. No, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. Think about it. Our show has been about the fact that we live in the same town and we live in the same world yet, yet things are different. <laughs> I mean, we live blocks away from each other. This stuff, I think, even though I talked that we've talked about it for, I don't know how long we've been doing this. Two years, a year? One year. It's, it'll <laughs> be one, one year in August. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it makes things real. When we talk, it makes it real. You mean? Not just, no, I'm saying we were talking before it all became real. <laughs> when we first started talking, it was like I was doing a service almost to white people saying, hey, look, this is going on. Like, hey, guess what? And they're like, no. Like, yeah. Listen to this guy, Don Griffith. He's telling you about what, how things are, right? Well, shit. I, I'm not talking about, I mean, you're seeing it. Yeah. You guys are actually seeing it now. And then I'm seeing it too. You know, it's it, I'm seeing new stuff. Yeah. And I'm living it with you. It's it's different now. Because before you could say, wow, that sounds like it really sucks. Uh, but now. But now we have an opportunity to get on that basketball court and make those kids stop. Make sure it never happens to anyone else again. But it did. And these were grown ass men that did this. And this time they were going to kill him. Here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. Like, so later on, you know, years, years go by, years go by. I become friends with this kid, this blonde kid in middle school. Mm -hmm. And then and I know him in high school and we're friends. Real, and we're real cool. We're always cool friends. Mm -hmm. And then we were talking one day. And we were talking, and he mentioned Park Square. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God. You're the little kid I was fighting. And your brother, your older brother, we're freshmen. He's a, he's a senior at South playing f football. Uh-huh. And he's the guy. He's the guy that was the ringleader. You understand what I'm saying? Like, but yeah. we were friends. Me and this kid had known each other. Like, kids changed what I'm getting at. You know, people do stupid things. But these were adults that were trying to kill a man. There's no freaking excuse for this. There's no... Justification, shut the fuck up. I mean, how many of your friends are people that you're connected to through Facebook that you just thought were, you know, like regular thinking people <laughs> are trying to justify this? And it's like this bizarre world and they want to talk about, there's two sides of this and it's like, no, you're a racist. I finally just <laughs> said to a girl, you know, no, you're, you're a racist. And she says, are you calling me a bigot too? I said, yes. You're a, yes, that would make yeah, you a bigot. Too. Yes, that would. Like, I'm, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of coddling. And I'm sick of people asking me, why do you think this is bad? Tell me why this is bad. Like, shut, I don't have time to tell you. 
Why? It's no. I'm, I'm almost done with you. Go take a class. Go, go do something else. But now, I mean, hey, surge all the way. I'm, a, I'm all about surge now because I, <laughs> I, I can't deal with it. There's too much. There's so much ignorance. So much. Now I understand why certain communities feel more comfortable when they can stay in their communities, when they can find that community. Mm -hmm. If I was in Indianapolis or a larger community or in Atlanta where I could just be in a black neighborhood and go to a black school and even have mm -hmm. a, a black mall to go to, that I, in fact, and I remember that I went to an African American school. We've talked about this, and yeah. boy, that was that was kind of nice to just exist where it, it. The only thing that matters is your grades and how you dress. <laughs> but you, you know, there was there was no. Hey, is my teacher racist or? Did, they, did I? Did that person look at you? Like no, there was none of that. That was just like a an amazing. It was amazing amazing now that i think about it just to be me i understand that is a a luxury yeah i'd miss you <laughs> you could come and visit I'm yeah no i'm you, you know i'm teasing about that but i'm just you know i just uh i mean me and my wife we're gonna get a wakanda flag i think <laughs> I Our like neighbors, it. you know, they've got a flag up and they got an American flag up and we we're like, oh, should we be worried? Like, I mean, isn't that interesting? It yeah. is interesting. Like, like a, when did the American flag become something that was weaponized? It should, it, it used to be a flag for everyone. Yeah. And now we're like sitting here going, they seem nice. But that, are they ever going to, are they ever going to take that flag down? And then so we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna look for a Wakanda flag to put up. If anybody knows what Wakanda is, I don't know if they do, but surely they do. If you don't, you have to look it up. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna put one up. We're looking I for it. I love it. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there's so there's a lot. Um, I know we could go on and on. About and we that. still didn't do the farmer. I did mention the farmers market. Oh, the um, farmer's market, the farmer's market. But I keep coming back to, like, really, when I give it much thought, I'm just so thrilled with the people's market, with their centering social and food justice, and they're, they've got a lot more diversity. They've got, you can give back while you're there. You, you can, like, order a basket for another family and know that it's going to go there. It just, it feels like community taking care of community. Mm-hmm. They've got women of color helping run it and think about it. And I don't see that at, at other markets. Mm -hmm. I haven't been yet. To the people's market? I have not yet. No. I don't go because I'm still of the opinion that if I don't go places that I don't have to go, that's a good thing. I went to the <laughs> other farm market, but I never bought any. I bought food like, like to eat there. Yeah, you bought, bought like a was, cup of coffee or a, Yeah, you know. and, and uh, I always got a Danish or something, you know, something like that, but mm -hmm. never, yeah, never actual vegetables. One of my favorite stores in Bloomington is Rural King. Yeah. Have you ever been to Rural King? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that place. I'm at the point where I don't even care. I walk into that place almost skipping. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, 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 and I'm going to get some popcorn and I'm going to go look at the guns in back oh, and yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look at the tractors and I'm going to look at the Carhartt, Car, what is it, Carhartt, Carnhart, whatever. Yeah. I, I love yeah. that stuff. I mean, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm black, but I'm also part country. So, and that's not a place that most people would find safe. Most people of my complexion would find <laughs> safe. I'm always aware that something could go off, but for me to go to my happy spaces, I can't think about it. Yeah. I think stuff like this is making me worry a little. This, it is starting to make me. You mean stuff like what's happening in our community right yeah, now? Yeah, not just okay. this. It's not, that's the thing. It's not just this community. Oh yeah, it, like it, 60 people have been run over by protests. <laughs> I, I thought, so, yeah, so, it's something crazy in Indiana, yeah. too. 
you know who I fear? I, I fear for my son and my wife mm-hmm. more than anything. I, I think that I can handle anything. That's not true, but I think that I can. That's the mentality I have going in. And I, the mentality I have going in is that I don't care how big someone else is. I'm still that dude. That's probably why I used to get beat up all the time. Because so say, you're still the eight-year-old saying, no, I will not. I will not do it. Yes. And I know. That, and see, I was kind of the asshole there. Like, why couldn't I just give them the court? Why couldn't I just give them the court? It doesn't and I matter. knew that it wasn't. Yeah. There's no reason I should have been treated that way. None. None whatsoever. But they got frustrated because I wasn't going. And I was like, hell no, I'm not going. Yeah. The beach thing, my I told you, my kid, you know, I'm now scared for him to go on the water. The he could yeah. he could have been out there. You know, he, he he does a sailing boat. And what if he's, he's what, in irons? Is that what they call it? Where you, it's not moving anymore and he has to depend on these guys. Or he's mm. pulling his, he's out in the water and he's swimming and pulling his boat back to shore and he runs into these assholes mm-hmm. or people like them. I mean, I think about that stuff like the, the space i just talked about i mean heck i grew up like two miles from that but here's the thing so i grew up there yet my parents grew up in the inner city oh right? i didn't know that they grew up in indianapolis they went to tech high school and mm-hmm. my grandfather had a had, he was a pharmacist and my grandmother was a, a a nurse at methodist hospital and my grandfather's store was near this place called Douglas Park. Now, I mean, it was a beautiful little area of working class and more African-Americans, because really that's all back in the day when they built that house, those were like the only places, they couldn't live everywhere, you know? So it didn't matter if you were a lawyer or a janitor, you all were basically living in the same neighborhood, which was kind of neat. My dad describes it it sounds amazing, you know, that, yeah. that he knew West Montgomery. Community had, or there was a real sense of community. I also have to feel like I am safe when I go into areas that are not necessarily safe there, too, because I don't talk like everyone else. You know what I mean? My demeanor is not the same. The way I dress is not the same. I definitely look like an, I look like an outsider. Yet, I'm never going to be, if there's a place I want to go, I'm going to go. And then, and it's funny, I'll tell like a relative, oh yeah, I was at such as I like, what the hell were you, <laughs> why were you there? I don't, even, I don't even go there. You need not go there anymore. Was it dark? Like, you know, you just, you know, I'm in a situation, I guess I've been in a situation where I, I never really necessarily fit in anywhere. There never has been a place for me to actually, until I, until I went off to college, that's the only place, it was a place where I felt like home. So I'm used to just doing what I want to do, which is kind of a blessing too. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're in Bloomington. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And as soon as everyone gets out of shock, I was talking to some other, some black leaders today. We're all kind of in our own, you know, when you see the people uh, protesting, most of them are, are, are whites, which, are, which is awesome that our community has came together and, 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 and is fighting for this. But I think it's because we're all just in shell shock right now as an African-American community. Yeah we're going to climb out of it and we're going to start fighting too. more, more numbers. You're going to see more African-Americans as they get over the shell shock of what has happened. They're, they're going to join up more and more are going to join up too. Yeah. I think at this point we're all sort of breaking open and that, that if we're willing to stay open and keep, keep seeing that and keep working to change it, then then the breaking open and the ugliness is worth it because we make this change. We're going to have to break to rebuild. Yeah. I'll have your back. I know you do. You're awesome. 
Let's go to Royal King together. I didn't know you went over there too. <laughs> There's fun stuff. Oh, there are. There, there really is fun stuff. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Don. I'll see you soon. Yes, you will. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKee, LCSW, took place at separate locations in Indiana on Thursday, July 9th, 2020, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKee. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. You think they're inviting Nazis? No, I don't think they're inviting Nazis, but they're not centering people of color. What are we talking about? All I heard as I came in is inviting Nazis. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm in the wrong place.